Psalm 6811. Psalm 6811. Psalm 6811. God Almighty declares. God Almighty declares. The word of the gospel with power. God Almighty declares the word of the gospel with power. And the warring women of Zion. And the warring women of Zion. And the warring women of Zion. Deliver its message. Deliver its message. Psalm 6811. Psalm 6811. Psalm 6811. God Almighty declares. God Almighty declares the word of the gospel with power. God Almighty declares. God Almighty declares the word of the gospel. The word of the gospel with power. God Almighty declares the word of the gospel with power. And the warring women of Zion. And the warring women of Zion. Deliver its message. Deliver its message. And the warring women of Zion. And the warring women of Zion. Deliver its message. And the warring women of Zion. Deliver its message. Okay, so. How many of you have a word for the year? The Lord gives you a word, or you just pick a word, however that works. <laughs> Last year, the Lord told me two things, and one of them was the word gentle. And I immediately thought, oh, gentle, like patient, like, okay, Lord, I'll read Galatians, I'll study in Galatians, and of course, 2020 happened, and I don't know about the rest of you, but it wasn't the most gentle of years um, for, for many reasons. And, and so, um, as I began 2021, I was like, Lord, I understand the one word that, that you told me. Um, but gentle, I don't feel like that was cultivated in my life. I don't feel like my patience grew because for some reason I wanted to group those together. And the Lord said, no, 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 no. He said, gentle was the word I spoke over you all year last year. And he took me to this example. I'm sharing this with you so that you can get this revelation about yourself as we go into a revelation about him as the word, okay? And so he took me to the pic a picture of like um, a war horse. And you, if you've been around horses or even seen them in movies, you can picture when they're, they're coming up on high water, they're about to get spooked and they are gonna jet off in their own strength, which is not a good situation unless they're being handled by someone. And so the Lord said, I've been speaking gentle over you so that you would not spook. And he went on to show me that gentleness is a yielded strength. Weakness does not need to be yielded. Weakness needs to be strengthened, but gentleness is taking a strength and yielding it to something other than yourself. And for me, as the Lord revealed that, then immediately I could, I could hear the words of scripture, let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. And so then I had this visual, the Lord just speaking gentle. Gentle, just like when my little girls pick up my infant, you know, like in their excitement, I'm like, gentle, 
gentle. And so um, I thought about that, um, that he was speaking that over me and I didn't even know it, but I, I had the word in my heart even when I, I wasn't connecting those things. And, it, and it, was, it was tethering something inside of me to obey his command. And so in this spirit of tethering, I want to talk to you about being tethered to the word. And when I say the word, I mean everything by that. Literally, it, it, there's a, a song that says there's a lifetime of worth of worship and the nuance of your name. So I, I want to talk about the word and I want to talk about it both as this and as the person in revelation of Jesus Christ. And this video, which Aaron already introduced Psalm 6811 a while ago, this video speaks of, of what's within women to go out and deliver a message from their commander. Hannah spoke about Miriam, who went out and sang victory songs. It's in us. But we have to hear what the word is, to hold what the word is, to deliver that message to the world around us, the message of the gospel with power. So we are tethering into that today. So I'm going to begin in Revelation chapter 19. And Aaron so perfectly just um, reveal the nature of God as faithful and true. And we're going we're gonna to pick up from there. And um, don't worry if I, uh, to the folks in the back, if I'm not right on with, with slides, it's okay on, on my end. All right, so Revelation 19, verse 6. This is John, the revelator, writing, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty pills of thunder crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord God, the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give Him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Hannah, you said that the Lord asked you, will you be faithful to me? We are here in a resounding yes. His bride globally is answering in a resounding yes. And we're getting a picture of what that looks like so that we can continue to step into it right here. So back to, back to verse 8, chapter 19 of Revelation. It was granted to her, the bride, that's you, that's me, to clothe herself with fine linen, I want you to remember fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints. John then bows down to worship this angel, and the angel says, don't worship me, I, I'm just a servant like you. Beginning again at, at uh, the end of verse 10, he says, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I want you to remember that. Verse 11, then I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. If you are in Christ, you have been judged already as righteous because it has been imputed to you. His eyes are like a flame of fire. I want you to remember this. And on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one understands but himself. I told you there's a, a thousand nuances in his name. He is clothed in a robe dripped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, also arrayed in fine linen, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, I want you to remember that, from which to strike down the nations, for he will rule them with a rod of iron, that same rod that comforts us when we're in the valley of Psalm 23. 
He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty, and on his robe and on his thigh he has a name that is written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Father, we open your word. I ask that you send out a thousand rhema words to every woman watching. I thank you, God, that eternity is changed every time we open it with our mouths, with our hearts, and on the page. So, Father, I ask in advance that when we leave at the end of today, we have a revelation that we are the warring women of Zion. And that we are hearing the command of our Lord, whether that is gentle or whether that is go, or whether that is victory, and that we carry it out with full diligence. In your name I pray, Jesus the Word, amen. Okay, so now I'm going to hop back into my slides, and um, what I want to um, share with you today is revelation about the word, and I'm just going to choose four things, and I'm going to try to ground them in Revelation 19. So again, when I speak of the word, I want you to know I am speaking of Jesus the person, and I am also speaking of the word, okay? John 1, the word made flesh. So the first thing that I want to share with you about the word is that the word is living, the word is living. Hebrews 4, um, it, is, um, it is living, it is alive, it is active. Why? Because it is the person of Jesus Christ. It takes residence inside of us. Uh, Colossians says, let the word of Christ dwell richly within you. Jesse, the worshiper up here, talked about how um, the, the name and presence of God dwelled in this house. We are all his dwelling places. The word is designed to give expression to this dwelling place. First Timothy says that the word of God is, it's, it's God breathed. So it, it actually gives us breath as well. What a picture when we understand that Jesus is the word and we go back to Genesis where he breathes the breath of life into us. And then on the cross, he gives his last breath as the flesh so that then through the spirit, there might be a mighty gushing wind that every time we open this word, it breathes life back into us where it's been knocked out. Okay. It's alive. It's living. I think my next slide says that the word is light. And, um, and, and just to, don't go back to the next slide, but again, we need to have that full Revelation 19 picture of, of Jesus riding in on his conquering war horse as we think about the word is living. Because the same way that he is doing something literal and physical in that revelatory picture, that's what happens when we pick up the word and we engage with it. It is like a conquering war horse let loose in our lives and in the, and in the world around us. And so, I don't know about you ladies, but if you have a desire to control, if you got the revelation that you've got a conquering spirit inside of you in Christ, let's trade out the control and operate in that conquering victorious spirit instead. So again, the word is living. It is Christ. Um, the word is light. If you remember in that picture, it said that his eyes were like flames of fire. I want you to think about that as you think about engaging the word as living the word says, I believe in the book of James, that it's like beholding in a mirror who we are in him when we pick up the word. Some people may be afraid of that passage where it talks about the Lord's eyes being like flames of fire, but not for us, the believer. 
That fire, that looking into his eyes is what refines our pathways as we walk. It becomes light to our feet, light to our path. And we see this reflection of who we are in him through that flame that is in his eyes that is also the word, the living word. I'm just picking random scriptures. This is throughout the word. So um, search it for yourself. Let's see, my next slide, um, the word is seed. Oh, this is a fun one. Okay, let's go to Genesis three. The word is seed. I may, I may have missed something that, that said, let me give you a brief history of women in the word, but I'm gonna do it quickly. It was mentioned last night by Pastor Sue. In the beginning, there was man and, and there was woman. Woman was deceived, as Pastor Sue noted. But I would like to say, and if you've been around me much, you've heard me say it like a broken record, I believe it was because of the strength of her design that she was deceived, not because of her weakness. I wanna say that again. The enemy went after her because of the strength of her design, not because of her weakness. Because in the physical, she had the capability to carry seed, incubate it to life and produce it all around her. So I actually believe that's why there was a very marked attack on her to take that very capacity and corrupt it in a moment. So in Genesis 3, you see this exchange that, that Sue mentioned last night where, where the enemy begins to engage. And he begins engaging her at the word level and twisting her mind to think that she doesn't understand the word. He says, did God really say that you can't eat from this? This is just something that I've observed. Any time in your spirit or any time in your life that you feel like you have to take something for gain, it's not the Lord. The Lord gives everything and he does it by example. So in God's economy, you give to gain, you never take to get. And so just, that's a side note from this Genesis three passage. But anyway, so, so right at the onset, he says, Eve, did God really say this? And she starts thinking about it. Then she starts leaning into her own understanding. And, uh, and then before you know it, she has consumed this seed in her that then brings death to the rest of the world. And in her nature, her nature to incubate and share, she turns to her husband, let me give you what I have. Let me give you this fruit, this seed, because we were made to do that, just like the warring women of Zion that were made to carry that delivering message into the world around them. It's our design, it's who we're made to be. So, so this happens, and, and I have to stop right here and I have to pray over you because the Lord told me to do it a couple weeks ago. I feel like there are women, I know there are women online too, and I welcome you from wherever you are. Um, some of you may be my friends, and some of you I won't meet until heaven, but welcome. Just like Eve, when, when the enemy began to engage with her and said, did God really say that? You really don't understand this word. So just take my cue, because I'm gonna give you something that you can see in the natural, and it's gonna look good. It's not gonna require faith. It's not gonna require obedience, but in faith, obedience, and obedience, that's where the life is. So some of us have bought into the same lie that we do not and cannot and have misunderstood God's word. And I wanna pray and break that off right now. And I'm not talking to just a lady over here and just a lady over here. If at any point in your life, in fact, actually I just want you to close your eyes in this room. If at any point in your life, be honest, you have thought, I will never understand the word like someone else. I want you to raise your hand. 
That's what I thought. All right. Lord, we thank you that your word says as many are your sons and daughters that are led by the spirit and that your spirit is our teacher. So in the name of Jesus, I break off the lie that women have carried that they cannot and do not and will not understand your word. Your word goes before us. And so Father, I pray that like on the road to Emmaus with those men, as we break open this bread of your word, that our hearts start burning within us and our eyes are opened to understand the fullness of the scriptures. In Jesus' name. One more thing that I wanna pray. In that same group and online, if you have a learning disability that has kept you from being able to read the word, I wanna pray over that. And then later when there's ministry team time, I want you to come back and have those women lay hands on you and pray with you. But I believe that there's grace to engage with the word, to engage with the flames of fire in the eyes of our Savior to, to move forward. So, Lord Jesus, in your name and through your blood, I pray healing. You are a Rapha, you are a healer over minds, over things that um, need to be reprogrammed so that people can get words in order so that they can see. I pray for a vision where people may not have access to glasses, but they desire to read your word. I pray for complete healing and ability to read the word, to hear the word, to do the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so if you go on into this, after things are, are found out in Genesis 3, the Lord calls out because that's who he is and that's what he does. Just like Hannah tugging on Sue last night, he calls out when we go into hiding, when we start walking around like people with, with eyes open to the world instead of eyes open to the revelation of his word. And he pronounces, uh, he prophesies over the situation. So this is uh, Genesis chapter three and first he brings a judgment against Satan. And he says, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock, above all beasts of the field, and on your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed, and her seed, he shall bruise your head, or crush your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And so certainly this is messianic. This speaks of Jesus coming and being born. But if Jesus is the word, and James chapter one says, please accept the word that has been planted inside of your hearts. If Jesus is the word and as is the word made flesh and the Messiah, would it not also be true that there is living seed inside of us for every situation where the enemy would seek to bruise our heels? And it's just a matter of realizing it's just not that one victory that, that Jesus took care of on the cross and, and in the resurrection, but that, that victory informs all the others. And, and his seed is his word is like this testimony of, of being omnipresent. It's hard for us to grasp. How can, how can Jesus be with Aaron in the hospital? And how can Jesus be with Aaron in this season, but also be with Hannah? How can he be these places? Well, think of a seed and the generations of a seed. Think of what life comes from a seed. Jesus is, he's the word, he is the seed. His fruit is boundless and it is endless and he can put it anywhere that he wants. What does that have to do with Revelation 19? I know you're wondering. Well, if you remember when he's looking at his bride, 
They're clothed in fine linen. How is linen made? It's made from seed. Romans tells us to clothe ourselves in Christ. So can you get a revelation of yourself engaging with a word as, as that flame of fire in the eyes of our Lord? Can you get a revelation of yourself as carrying seed inside of you as well as being clothed in linen? It says that the, our linen, it's the righteous deeds and our, we're only righteous because of Jesus. So we've got Jesus on the inside, we've got Jesus on the outside, we've got Jesus in front of us, behind us. He's omnipresent just in the same way that a seed would give expressions in so many areas and to so many different types of soil. We're gonna move on from, from there. Oh, the word is a sword. This is where we're gonna land. In the spirit of that video, in the spirit of, of our King Jesus riding on a horse to do some conquering. Actually, he's already done the conquering. He's bringing revelation of what's already been done to those who can't see it yet. And it says that his tongue is like a sword. Hebrews 4, the same passage that speaks of his word being alive, it gives this vision of his word being a sword as well, being able to rightly divide and separate everything. We need that now more than ever. Truth will be impossible to grasp unless we are wielded to understanding that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. The Holy Spirit teaches us what to do with this Word, just like that command of gentle, gentle. Don't go until you're going to go in my strength, gentle. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. I'm going to take a little liberty here, and you can just have, talk about this with the Lord in your quiet time. But I find it interesting that when Eve and Adam are driven out of the garden, they're driven out of the garden so that they don't remain in an unredeemable state forever because there's another tree. And so Jesus, or the Lord, sends them out. And he puts a flaming sword that turns in all directions that would keep them from coming back into a place where he could not redeem them. How appropriate would it be that Jesus might take that very sword of flaming fire and put it in the hands of his people, that, that seed that was gonna come out from that woman, so that they might walk through life in declaration and revelation of the word knowing, oh, if redemption can't come here, it can't exist here. I'm just gonna put this to death right now with the sword of the spirit because he's just that good. So I have this silly example that I shared with the team. How many of you can picture the Mary Poppins bag? <laughs> I really feel like, I feel like this. I feel like when I hide God's word in my heart, that it's like I have this miraculous bag and I never know what I'm gonna pull out of it. So some days I might bump into something that feels a little bit dark, maybe even demonic. And so I'm like, well, just gonna have to pull my fiery sword out real quick and put it to death. And I'm just gonna put it back away and keep driving down the road. And then some days, if I've been in the word, the Lord might have like this warm, fresh loaf of bread and I bump into someone and they're hungry. And he's like, oh, remember that's in your bag, your purse without holes. 
your purse without holes, if you know the word, that's a reference to the word, that's in your bag. Or sometimes someone, they might just need like a bandage. And I can go to my magic bag, miraculous bag. I can hear my daughter, is, we're working on grace. She's master of truth and justice. And if she heard me say the word magic, she'd be like, nah, nah, nah. so anyway, I'm going to call it my spirit bag, my spirit bag. Yes, the Holy Spirit gives me. And, and so it could be sword, it could be water, it could be bread. But every time we engage with the word as living, as seed, as light, and as sword, we equip ourselves to go out as those warring women of Zion, declaring the good message. Yeah. And it never gets too full, like all the other purses. It never gets too full. It just has exactly what you need right at that exact moment. And so the last thing that I want to say, because I'm a little bit over, is this. I love the word on this page because I can see it. But I had a hard time relating to Jesus as a spirit and testimony prophecy because it was different to me. I'm from a very conservative background. But as I continued to say, God, I believe that you're good and I believe that your word is true, I began to see that there should be things flowing out of my life in accordance with this word, kind of like my little spirit bag without holes. And that's prophecy. And the word says, do not despise prophecy and pray especially that you may prophesy. So to two groups of women, I want to address this and then I'll be done. To the women like me, that you, this is your safe place. You are comfortable here. I'm gonna pray for you and I want you to get in agreement with your heart and I want you to ask the Lord to give you the gift of prophecy. Because it is, the, there's two sides to the sword, you know. But they work together. Yeah? So Lord, I pray for peace. I thank you for your word, faithful and true. I thank you that you've given us many expressions of how we can use your word in prayer, in teaching, in admonition, correction, all these things. But I thank you that you also choose to use your word in a spirit of prophecy. So we say no boundaries, Lord. You are allowed to use your word within us the way you choose. And I pray that you release a spirit of prophecy over every woman in this room, that you give her supernatural insight and exhortation into every situation that she walks into. In Jesus' name, amen.